Hello, y'all. You can call me Nero. Today, I'll be reading you all some Homesuck fanfiction. The fanfiction I have chosen for today is M.C. Escher. That's my favorite M.C. by Unda. Rating is teen and up. Archive warnings. Uh, there's violence and major character deaths. Categories, FF, FM, MM, Multi, Fandom, Homestuck. Relationships, Dave Strider, Carquette Bantus, Jake English, Dirk Strider, Dave's Bro, Beta, Dirk Strider, Rosamond, Beta Roxy Lalonde, Rosalonde, Kanaya Miriam, The Disciple, The Psionic, The Helmsman, The Signless, The Supper. Don't even ask, I believe that last one was all one string. Kanaya Mariam, Carcat Vantis, Jane Crocker, Roxy Lalonde, Solix Captor, Roxy Lalonde, Jade Harley, Nepadel Joan, Solix Captor, Radia Megiddo. Yeah, it's Radia. John Egbert, Trezzy Pyrope, Solix Captor, Dave Strider, Autoresponder, Lil Hale, Equis the Hawk, John Egbert, Vriska Serket, Trezzy Pyrope, Vriska Serket, Rose Lalonde, Vriska Serket. Uh, I believe it actually said all the characters that are in here up in the relationships tag, except for a few. Um, uh, I don't think it mentioned the Makaras. Uh, so you got Gamzee and Carlos Makara. Uh, Mina Pikesis, Feffrey Pikesis, Barack Obama, Obama, yep. Calliope, Lord English. Okay, and the additional tags are child... Abuse, alcohol abuse, alcoholism, alternate universe, soulmates, soulmate identifying marks, trolls on earth, child neglect, poly polyamory, internalized homophobia, homophobic language, more plot than original clan, of course, these cringy uh, tags on AO3. I mean, sometimes they can be funny, but a little, a lot of times they just come off cringy to me. So, I'll read them anyway. Black Red Faciliation, Sperb, Pale Romance, More Allegiance, Non-Quadrant Romance, Suicide for the Purposes of God Dear. The language of the series is in English. It is part one of the It's the End of the World as We Know It series. Summary. Dirk has a plan. When he's 18, he's going to take Dave and get him the fuck out of their terrible lives and start over. Tell them, being the barrier between Dave and Bro is his only job. His soulmate is just going to have to wait. God damn it. Dave has a plan. It involves getting internet famous and not going gay. Easy, right? Garcad also has a plan. To repeatedly track down his dumb as rock soulmate and get him the, to actually talk to him, for fuck's sake. Chapter 1. Carcat. Investigate the stairs. That introduction is probably the longest part of this. But we will never need to read it again. That's going to significantly cut down on the podcast time. Assuming uh, everyone remembers the tags. Uh, I'm going to give you an extra minute to contemplate if you guys actually want to read through this little thing with me. Because I want to say there are actually more tags that needed to be added in certain parts. Like, there is a... There's a certain scene uh, where uh, uh, tr heavy 
a very, very vivid PTSD uh, kind of flashback kind of thing happens in this. So, if anyone's got high anxiety, yeah, uh, you guys all should have left by now. I'll continue on. The first time it happens, you're five human years old, and the pain wakes you up screaming. Your right arm from wrist to elbow is stabbing and clawing at you. That's not even the worst part, though. The worst part is how you feel your flesh separated as if being cut open by an invisible blade. Your cheek splits as something sharp and angled points into it, and bright red blood spills down your cheek and runs in your mouth. Okay, so for anyone who's still here who has problems with this sort of thing, that one little, like, three-sentence line should give you an idea for the uh, beginning of this little adventure. Sorry if you can't hear me right now. I'm... Uh, so those three lines will give you a little look at how the story is going to unfold for the beginning. So if I read that line and you're still here and have no intention of leaving, congrats, you might actually make it all the way through this. I know I had some difficulty making it through certain parts. Alright, let's carry on. This is no nightmare. You've not kicked your super lace blankets off in the night. The feel of cuts opening up on your chest, arms, and side are very real. Your knees skin themselves like someone sandblasted them, and fear is stunning through you. A voice is, no, 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 this is it, surges inside you. Carcat, carcat, what's wrong? Silence demands, throwing open the bedroom door and rushing in. You're still screeching and screaming from the pain, but you notice that your ancestor must have been partway through getting dressed for work. His black trousers on, but no shirt yet. It hurts, you wail, desperate for him to do something, anything. What does? How do you get those? Are you bleeding, Karkat? Your breath catches in your throat, and it feels... Oh, God, that's so echoey. Let's not go out there. That's the hallway. I'm recording this entire thing on phone, so sorry about the bad audio. Your breath catches in your throat, and it feels like your stomach flies up into your chest. You feel weightless and terrified, like when Nepeta dares you to jump off the swing. Sharp blows hit your shoulders, your back, and when your head hits a nothing that feels a lot like concrete, you black out entirely. The bed sheets under you are uncomfortably stiff, not like your soap or sheets at home, and everything smells like disinfectant. Everything aches all over, and you can feel that unpleasant, sticky feeling of stitches and bandages clinging to your skin. You open your eyes and see that the white sheets at your side are tinted blue and red. You look up a little more to see the psionic, stressed, and scarred face. You run your eyes over the scars that run from his temples up to his horns. You know he has them all over, but you also know you've not seen all of them. Hey there, he greets gently. He must have noticed that you woke up. What happened? You ask and rub at your aching head. God, even your horns hurt. You tell me. You woke up screaming bloody murder, bleeding all over the place, and then I had to fly you both here, the elder troll tells you. You try and fail to put into words what happened. I'm guessing it has something to do with this, though, the psionic troll says, reaching out and gently tapping a claw on your right forearm. You look down at the place where the pain had first started, what had first woken you up. Where your arm was before a bare gray, there's now a mark on it. 
A sword runs from just below the inside of your elbow to just above your wrist. And a ring around the blade in the middle is some weird band that when you look close at it, it looks like endless stairs. They always seem to be going up or maybe down. You can't tell. Makes no sense at all and hurts your head to look at it. It's a soul mark. A tattoo from your soulmate showing key parts of their soul in their life. It's a way for soulmates to find each other. That's what all the movies show as anyway. As they age, more things get added all through their life, and one day they finally find each other and live happily ever after. But you've never seen something so violent before, and you've never heard of it putting someone in the hospital either. Why did it hurt me? You asking the science drugs? The doctors have a few theories. That's a pretty violent symbol, and this human soul mark shit can be more intense for trolls anyway, because we're not designed for it. My guess is your soulmate is in a pretty crap situation right now, and it's left a mark on both of you, he says. You look down at your soul mark and ache inside it. Soul mark. You look down at your soul mark and ache inside. You look down at your soul mark and ache inside in a way that doesn't have anything to do with the injuries all over you. Before today, you had no idea that you had a soulmate. Only trolls with human soulmate go through this. Trolls who... Like, trolls just fall in love like normal people. Humans are weird, but now... Now you feel bad for this person. When you woke up, you were afraid because everything hurt and you didn't know what was happening. But you feel like it wasn't just your fear. It was his too, or theirs. We gotta find them and bring them home with us. They need to be safe, you insist, hugging your arms tight. tight. Ugh. I know, weird uh, pronunciation jitters. My room is freezing. That's what I hate about the winter. I don't necessarily have a 100% insulated home or a working heater. So once in a while you're going to experience my jitters. You might actually hear them all through this because I feel like my voice is very wavy. <laughs> you insist hugging your arm tight. Not that easy, I'm afraid, the psionic says unhappily. How dare you! Your ancestor's muffled yelling comes through the door. Sai's ears prick up and his back strains. He sounds real mad. You're a mutant. You should have known not to reproduce or something like this would happen. His mutant blood is clearly reacting badly to the human connection, a woman's voice says, sharp and scolding. You shrink into yourself. Mutant blood again. Your ancestor had to leave Alternia because of it, and other trolls who found out pick on you and Tankery for it too. You hate it. That is privileged medical information. I could have your job. <laughs> he snarls, the voice reverberating through the door. You've never heard him this angry before. We need to go, Sai says quietly, and urgently red and blue light peel off the sticky pads from the machines around the both of your both of you are in whip the bed shake bed sheets back i don't know what that is i think that's just an air within the thing sai pulls you from the bed holds you on holds you to his side and opens the door the silence is standing there hair bristled in rage and teeth bared furiously at the teal lady in a doctor's outfit how dare you even apply that mutation is responsible for responsible for this oh god Let's do that over. Ooh, I spit all over my screen. Ew. How dare you even imply that mutation is responsible for this? 
I will not bow to your fucking eugenics, you... I, I think that's the word. I think that's how you pronounce it. I, I didn't look that one up, so I... Sorry if that means... Whatever. Silas growls. The noise growled deep in his thorax. Oh, wow. He swore, and really badly, too. He never does that. Going now, Sai says and jerks the other troll up off the floor and pulls him close. Smushing you up against your ancestor. Hospital walls blur by and then you're all out in the cool early morning air. Sun is the only is only just starting to rise and below. You can hear the slow churn of early morning Houston traffic and smell the car fumes. You've never been afraid of falling and all your life size never dropped you. You wonder just how far away your soulmate is right now. The three of you land on the long ring long ring at the edge of Houston, and the disciple rushes outside the moment that her keen eyes catch sight of you through the window. Uh, I'm sorry, everyone. I have to do a lot of female voices, and I tried inviting people onto this. Can I even call this a podcast? It's just me. Whatever. The point is, I'm going to make it terrible female voice but uh hopefully i can get someone else on this podcast too in time anyways here's my disciple voice oh my goodness are you okay car kitty she gasped pulling it from size grip and into her own your troll totally drowned in your chest drowned in her chest in her cloud of hair i'm fine but look you say holding your right arm up in front of her face as she carries you inside leaving the other two adults outside alone talking quietly. Oh, oh, M.D., she gasped, pronouncing each letter individually. Inside, there are already five other kids sat at the breakfast table. Those Solix and Meetna seem barely awake. You got your soul mark! Oh, no. Female, female. You, you got your soul mark. Oh, God. Uh, screw it, I don't have a Nepeta voice. You got your soul mark, Nepeta exclaims, leaping up on top of her seat. Cankery dutifully signs Nepeta's words for her, though Mulan could easily have seen the mark on her own. She's deaf, not blind. Did you really need to go to the hospital just for that? Mutant asks with a thick lisp. I can't do a lisp, everyone, I'm sorry. But I can give off the impression of a nerd. In fact, I'm pretty sure my regular voice does that over microphone. Obviously, he's hurt too. Look at the bandages, dumbass. Solex says without a lisp. He recently lost his front teeth, and it's improved his speech drastically. He no longer sounds like a dumbass all the time. Yeah, there's gonna be some things that... I don't really approve of, but they're five currently, so. Yeah, whatever. No swearing. Kankri scolds and signs at the same time. Mutina gnashes teeth together and slams his hands on the table. Dicks, piss, dick, shit, fuck! Mutina screams, pointing a finger at the outraged Kankri. Napoda and Mealing are laughing loudly, and Solix is just drinking the milk from his cereal bowl. Tuna? No, this is Disciple. Uh, tuna, tuna. 
tuna. This size. I'm sorry, I can't do that, boys. Putting putting you down in your chair between Tancreen and Solix. I'm sure. I'm sure I didn't hear a tone of swearing coming from in here. I need a female or anyone who can pull off a high pitched feminine esque voice because I can't do it. Your ancestors ancestor says slowly as he comes in the room with sigh, hands on the small of his back. Canker eat old tuna not to, Nepeta explains through her giggles. And wow, now I pull off Nepeta like voice. Ah, well. Sai mutters and wanders off, leaving the other adults talk and Kankri to insistently demand punishment for Mitna. You look bad, Solik says over the ensuing cross-table argument. Yeah, but I got this, you whisper as Kankri blathers about a swear box. You pull your pajama sleeve up to reveal the soul mark. That's too cool. It looks like a video game box. Your soulmate must be so cool, Solik gasps in awe. None of the others have any marks yet. Even the older kids who are all nine. You think they're older than me? You asked, peering down at me. Okay, so first thing, let me get this out of the way. If you're an avid uh, Homestuck reader and you're wondering why I'm not yelling car can't speech out, it's because he's five currently. Wait until he gets a little older to give get to his uh, screamy personality. That's the only way I can describe it. And for in case there's anyone who just looking at random podcasts and happens to stumble upon this, go read Homestuck, or just read the fan fiction. Honestly, some of the fan fics a lot better, but Homestuck is pretty good. Maybe. <clears throat> Maybe. Or they could just, like, really like swords a lot, so it suggests. You tense. You can still remember the, the sting of your skin splitting open and the fear and the pain that you felt. You're not really sure that your soulmate is keen on swords. <clears throat> Hungry, you mumble, rolling your sleeve back down. Uh... Oh, this is all disciple. Okay. Here you go, kiddos. You're staying home from school today. Sai's gonna keep an eye on you as he works, okay? This says, setting a bowl for you down on the table and your ancestors put a cereal and milk and makes himself a bowl of his own. You munch your cereal slowly as the other kids finish up their breakfast and get ready for school with the adults chasing them. You're about to make sure that they all do it in time. The only person who doesn't need chasing is Kankri because he's a stuck-up goody-two-shoes. He emerges from the hallway, all neatly dressed with his bag in hand, and stares at you, catching you in the act of sneakily giving yourself a second helping of cereal. Hey, you will nearly die in your sleep. You deserve it. Well, Simon said that you got your soulmate, Mark. Can I see it? Kankri asks. You hesitate, weighing up, weighing up having to let him see it against his lecture if you don't. You live with the guy, though. He's your, as the humans would call it, brother. Although you say that he's your brother because you being wrong annoys him just as much as him being insulted. insulted. 
He's going to see it sooner or later anyway. You pull up your sleeve and hold up your arm for him, and he comes closer to look, peering at the sword. You feel weirdly naked under his gaze. You have to resist yanking your arm back and hiding the mark. It feels... private. Why Why a sword and stairs? Kankri wanders aloud. You shrug and hide the mark again. Yelin comes into the room and eventually your ancestor and Dis manage to herd everyone else into, then out of the cars for school. Call me if anything changes. If I need to come home, just Silas says quietly to side the door. I got it, go, he replies and shoves your ancestor out the door with his brain powers. Then it's just the two of you standing in the hallway. Your guardian looks down at you and grins, showing his jagged teeth. Wanna go <coughs> wanna go research Soulmark stuff? He asks you with a grin. Yes, you exclaim. You need answers and you need them now. The pair of you rush to Sai's office where he does his computer job all day and he pulls you into his lap and opens up the internet. You might be missing school, but you're sure learning a lot. This is what you want to learn. This is young to get a soul mark, but it does happen. Usually this young is because something bad or scarring happened to your soulmate or they're older than you. The second related thing that you learn is usually soul marks appear on both people at the same time, even if it's three or more people together like your guardians. But apparently that's different if they're all together or if it's one person with two soulmates in the middle or it's complicated. The first part of your soul mark is usually a core part of who a person is. And other stuff is done later. First part parts are usually things that don't change. So people who will always be artists or musicians make that kind of mark. So it's feelings or talents or experiences. Sai scrolls past example soul marks with crashed cars at the center. Bad stuff sticks too, and deep down you know that this sword is a bad thing. Something bad happened to your soulmate. You wonder what your soulmate is going to get for you. You like watching movies, but that's not really everything about you. You've not got any talents like your siblings. What thing makes you different from everyone else? You look down at one of your bandages and see where it's staying through from the other side with your meat in red. You hope that it's not that. that. You don't want that to be who you are. Is it going to hurt when it gets bigger? You ask I. It shouldn't have hurt this much at all. Nothing here says about injuries coming up. Not even in the doom and gloom section here. Sai answers, clearly frustrated. Great, the woman at the hospital was right. You are weird. Stupid mutant blood. You hate it. What about this bit? You ask, holding your arm up and pointing to the ring of upstairs on it. I've seen that before, Sai says with a grimace as he tries to think. He types a few things into the computer, but he's going too fast for you to read what he's writing. You lean your head back against his chest and watch a few of his bees drift lazily overhead as they bring it and flower stuff from outside to their hive that does something for Sai's computer. You don't really get it, but Solix is a way, way into learning about this stuff. You guess you're just not as smart as him. If you were, then that might be the kind of thing your soulmate would get on their arm. Huh. Ah, that's weird. Sai finally says, and you look back at the screen to see a nearly identical set of stairs on the screen. 
That's it, he yelled, pointing at them. M.C. Escher was a Dutch graphic artist who made mathematically inspired woodcuts, lithographs, and mesotints. His work features mathematical objects and operations, including impossible objects, explorations of infinity, reflections, cement, reflection, symmetry, perspective, truncated, and stellated polyhydra, hyperbolic geometry, and tessellations. Sorry, reads with a frown. I am so sorry to anyone who is really good at any of those uh, subjects that I just heavily mispronounced. I, I can't pronounce half of those. I... And that's the part I did research to look up how you pronounce them. I'm not used to projecting my voice for this long, so sorry if near the end here you're... Uh, my voice is sounding a lot more strained, a lot more uh, slurred. My face is heating up real badly, too. Ooh. What? You blink. You got none of that. Math, maybe? So your soulmate is either into or traumatized by swords and dead Dutch math artists. You sure know how to pick them, Cy snorts, and you scowl. You didn't get to pick your soulmate. That's the entire point. I'm gonna have a nap, you declare and slide off his bony legs. Yeah, you need the recovery time. Come find me when you wake up. I'll make us snacks. Cy calls as you leave the room. You head back to your own room and crawl into your bed, pulling your sober lace, lace bedding over you again. You run your fingers over your new mark and hope that your soulmate is going to be okay. Wow, that's a long time. Wow, I am 26 minutes into the recording. Okay, so... This is... Now I'm going to have a bit of review time because I believe that's what podcasts are generally. Um... Well, let's talk about this first chapter a bit. My impressions of it. Uh, this is not my first time reading this fanfic, but it is my favorite fanfic. Um, simply because it uh, explores a lot of heavier topics. Uh, so... What happens there is the main character of this chapter, there's like four point of view uh, throughout this entire work. The beginning of this chapter was the main character wakes up uh, in pain. Just in case I have too many like voice inflections and whatnot that no one could understand. And I wouldn't doubt it, I have a terrible voice. Um, the main character wakes up in pain. Uh, he... He actually has marks up and down his body, if I read that correctly. If he really shouldn't have, like, actual cuts open up and down his body. And he passes out really quick. Uh, luckily, though, uh, his family members were still in the house. And they quickly got him to the hospital where he was, I'm guessing, sedated. uh mm, Put on painkillers. Uh, everything the hospital does. Um, when he wakes up, uh, he wakes up to 
his, one of his fathers, he's got like four parental uh, units, the Disciple, um, the Psionic, the Signless, and another that I don't think actually appeared in this chapter. Weird. Uh, anyhow, um, he wakes up to Psy, and they get to talking for a minute. Uh, not, not sure what about, just what happened, all of this happened. Um, then their attention snaps to Karkat yelling at a nurse who's blaming the main character, who, uh, Karkat. Uh, he, she blames, uh, the mutation that Karkat represents in his, uh, species. Ah, that's a terrible phrasing. But whatever, we'll continue on with that. She blames the mutation within Karkat for uh, the pain, the stabbing pain relating to the soul mark. And of course, the Silence, uh, another one of his uh, family units, obviously takes offense to this. I mean, everyone would, wouldn't they? If you were in the same position. No one wants to have something blamed on their defects, or... Yeah, uh, that's... I can't really explain that one too well. Oh, I'm sorry. I'll skip on to the... I'll just continue with the explanation. Uh, so, Psionic, very quickly before things get too heated, grabs both Karkat and the Silas and flies them out of the hospital back to their uh, living area where they meet the others. So, Karkat has a lot of siblings. He's got Nepotolijon, Solix Captor, Mutna Captor, uh, Kankery Vantis, who is his actual brother. That is his actual brother technically in this canon. Uh... We go, f there's another, this, this and that happened, uh, but, uh, yeah, he ends up showing Kankri his soul mark, but he has a little bit of an internal debate, because who wouldn't? Sometimes you don't want your siblings and family members to be, you don't want them to know too much about you, and that's understandable. Um... But he decides to show him anyway, because he'll eventually figure out he has a soul mark. What his soul mark looks like, all that. Alright, and then we cut to the parents leaving, except for the psionic. And after the parents leave to take their kids to school, the psionic hurries up and rushes to the computer to, with Karkat, and they uh, search a bunch of uh, soul mark stuff. And, and that's pretty much it. My explanation, uh, I give a 2 out of 10 for, because that's a terrible explanation. But uh, for a startup chapter, I'd give this an 8 out of 10. Um, I th really think it that could have been longer. Um, but it does uh, establish all the groundworks, the ground bases of how the story will work from here on out. 
And yeah, the story is not pretty. There's some really graphic things in here. Um, so yeah, if somehow you got through the first chapter, um, with, uh, how descriptive it was of the pain, then you should be fine, unless you have a trigger for bro bones getting broken, which, uh, that's kind of spoilery, but... Yeah, if you stick along around long enough uh, and tolerated my terrible voice, I commend you, and uh, I'm honored to have you listen through this entire thing. I will be keeping up with the story. I will be posting more and more. Just, um, I'm not sure how long. I probably won't cover the entire thing. Um... I'm not even sure if the author of this particular fanfic is still around. I think the fanfic began in 2012 and ended in, like, 2015. Hold up. I can actually go back and check. Published. Oh, it was actually published in 2018, if I'm reading that. And it was completed. It no, it was published in two thousand seventeen, and it was completed in two thousand and eighteen. So yeah, this is still a relatively new fanfic, and I'm glad uh, that this one exists because it gives you well. I can't actually reveal too too much about it right now, but it gives you an idea of the different stages of life. Well, in its beginning first half, where it's realistic. Then it goes off the deep end, and later on, all you Homestuck fans will uh, probably know what I'm talking about. Spurb's an actual thing in this, so yeah. Anyways, um, I'm going to log off because I've probably taken about you know, six minutes by just going, uh, 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 uh. <laughs> yeah, I find it annoying too. Um, yeah, so this is Nero signing out.